0: Hey, this is Steve Campbell from the C3 Church. Thank you for joining us for this podcast. Our prayer for you is that you'll be blessed, equipped, and enabled as you listen to this message. God bless you. Well, congratulations on tuning in today. Uh, It's great to be with many of you who are from the C3 Church family. And of course, many of you are tuning in around the world or from inside one of our prisons and We just want to say well done for taking the time to to listen to what God wants to say to you through this message. And a huge shout out again to the senior pastors of C3, Steve and Angie Campbell. I know many of you love them and uh, we sure do. And so I'm praying that this message will really impact your heart. Whatever you're going through right now, you know, God knows and God sees. And so we're taking time to look through one of my favorite books of the Bible, And that's the book of Proverbs. So let me read to you from Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. How many know that's a lot more difficult than it sounds? But verse 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for the wisdom that is ours through your word. I pray you'd give us ears to hear and hearts that are open to receive your word into our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, question. Have you been ever required to act in a manner that was completely different To your own understanding. Have you ever been required to trust someone enough to allow them to direct you to do something that you really weren't sure you should do? When I was 12 years old, in June of 1982, I was standing here in front of our house in Lowfield Farm in County Durham. The northeast of England. And I was hitting golf balls into the field. I think you can see the field there. I was just hitting these golf balls. And then I went into the field to collect the golf balls. Now, in that field, there happened to be 70 big black and white British Frisian cows. And I don't know whether you've ever walked into a field full of cows, but here's what happened. Those of you from farming communities, Might be guessing what's about to happen. Within a few seconds, all of those 70 cows had surrounded me. And let me tell you, when you're 12 years old and you're surrounded by 70 cows, that can be a very scary thing. I mean, especially when you look into their eyes. Their eyeballs are huge. And so here I was, surrounded. So here's what I did. I stepped back from the cows. And guess what they did? That's right, they stepped towards me. So I started to walk away from the cows. And guess what? They started to follow me. And so because I'm only 12 years old, the only thing I knew to do was to run. And so I started to sprint with all my might. And of course, guess what the cows did? They started to run. I don't know whether you've ever been chased by 70 cows, but let me tell you, it is not a pretty sight. I mean, firstly, there is the sound of 280 hooves stamping on the ground. Then as I looked over my shoulder, all I could see is these cows' udders with milk flying everywhere and then huge cows' tongues with, with saliva. I mean, it was scary. It was intimidating. I managed to get out of that field I jumped over the gate and I ran up to our farmhouse where my dad was. Now, my dad has been a farmer for a long time. And he was watching all of this play out with a cheeky little smile on his face. And I went into dad's house and I said, dad, did you see that? They were going to kill me. I thought I was going to die. And all he's doing is smiling at me. I couldn't believe it. And then he looked at me and he said this. He said, those cows were more scared of you than you were of them. And I didn't know whether I could believe that. But he looked at me and said, I want you to go back into the field. And this time, you step towards them. Now, I don't know whether you've ever tried this one at home. But here's what happened. I walked back into that field. And I've got to tell you, I was absolutely petrified. I'd only been in that field for a few seconds, and then it happened again. Immediately, I'm surrounded by 70 cows, all staring at me. And this time, instead of stepping back, I step forward. And guess what happened? When I step forward, they step back. And I thought, this is pretty cool. And My chest started to swell a bit. And so I kind of did a little run at the cows. And guess what happened? They ran back. And then I fully just ran right into the middle to the biggest one I could pick. And of course, they cleared away. Man, I felt like the rock. Question Where do you run when trouble comes? Thankfully, I went to the right place. I ran to my dad's house, I ran to someone that I trusted. You know, the people that you run to in challenging seasons are really important. Can you trust, I mean really trust, the people you run to? When they give you advice, can you trust the things that they're telling you to do? You say, Steve, what did you learn that day? Let me read that same proverb again, this time in the message version. Here's what I learned. Proverbs 3.15 in the message says this, Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen to God's voice in everything you do. That's right, you at home. Listen to Him in everything. Everywhere you go, He's the one that will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Friend, if you're going through trouble, I want to encourage you. Don't run from God. Make sure you run to God because He can be trusted. And so in the field that day, I experienced two different polarities. Two polarities. The first polarity I call the polarity of trouble. That was the, the fear of being crushed to death by these 70 cows. That's one polarity. On the other side was the polarity of truth, the words and advice that my father gave me: trouble and truth. And I had to make a decision how to navigate that tension. And many times in life we live in this tension between trouble and truth. Jesus talked about in this world, you will have trouble. And trouble does go on in life. But he also said in John 14 in verse one, do not let your heart be troubled. Don't let trouble get in you. But he went on to say, trust in me. So Jesus acknowledged that we live in this, between these two polarities of trouble and And truth. I wonder whether any of you in this moment are in that space, that tension. Because when you live between two polarities, that's what it creates a tension. The tension between trouble and truth. You see, one of the ways to navigate through this tension is this word trust. Trust is the one quality that will allow you to navigate through that space of tension. And that's what I had to do to choose to trust my father's voice. To know that he only had the best for me. He cared for me. That even in the midst of trouble, I could trust his voice. I wonder, friend, how well do you navigate these tensions? How easy do you find it? It's easy to believe a truth when you're not involved in the real world tension of it. Let me say that again. It's easy to believe a truth when you're not involved in the real world tension of it. It's really easy to believe in the truth of healing until you get sick or someone else around you gets sick. That's when it gets tested. That's when the tension comes. How many of you have met those newlyweds and they're experts on parenting, but they've got no kids. How we know it's a different thing when they get kids and they're teenagers? That's when they get tested on the truth. See, when the sky is blue and the wind is calm, it's easy to believe a truth. But what about when the storm whips up around you? When trouble raises its ugly head and assaults the truth that you believe in? It's really easy to be in truth one moment but then to very easily slide back into trouble. We can do that so easily, can't we? In that place of tension, we can go between truth and trouble. But here's what trust does. Trust helps you navigate that tension between trouble and truth. When my two daughters were younger, I've got two daughters, Melody and Mercy, And when they were younger, we used to love to go into the playground in Norwich. And the kids would love the swings. They'd play on those. They would love going down the slides. And at first, they used to love the seesaw. Any of you at home love the seesaw? And the problem was my eldest daughter loved the seesaw, but my youngest hated it. Can I tell you why? I bet you can't wait for this back home. Here's why. My youngest daughter, she would sit on the seesaw, but of course she was five years younger. And what would happen is when my eldest daughter sat on the other end, guess what happened to the youngest daughter? She would fly up into the air and she didn't like it because she felt out of control. She felt scared. She was experiencing trouble. Truth is, my eldest daughter loved it. She was in a great place, so... That seesaw is a metaphor of trouble and truth. As a dad, how did I navigate that for my two girls? How could I make it so they could both have a good experience? Can I tell you what I did? Or you dads listening at home, why not try this? Next time you're on a seesaw. I would jump onto the middle of the seesaw. I'd put one foot either side of the centre. And here's what I learned I could do. By leaning in the right direction, I could adjust the weight. And I learned to make it a great experience for both of my children. The direction I leaned was critical. Here in this proverb, Jesus talks about leaning. Well, not Jesus, because he didn't write the book of Proverbs. He did inspire it. But it was written by Solomon. And Solomon said this Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Don't lean in the direction of your own understanding. Why? Because it's limited. Learn to trust in his limitless understanding. Our understanding is coloured and filtered by our experiences, our education, our opinions. Our own understanding selectively filters out our experience of life and our experience of God. Friend, I wonder what direction do you naturally lean? Do you find yourself leaning towards trouble or towards trust? My wife, Rachel, she's a real faith girl. She seems to go towards faith. But me, I tend to be a bit more pessimistic. Any of the pessimists out there? Sometimes I can easily slide into trouble. And friend, if that's you, I want to encourage you to understand that we all have a tendency to lean a certain way. And if you're leaning in your own understanding towards fear and anxiety, hey, you're human. We don't want to beat you up for that. Every one of us, sometimes we, we can drift that way in our own thing. But I want to encourage you. Why not lean towards truth? Lean into God. Lean into His Word. Find out what He wants to say to you today. Because you'll find, friend, that you can trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your cares, all your anxieties. He's a God who can be trusted. When you trust Him, you walk effectively in that place of tension between trouble and trust. As I come in towards finishing this message, I want to give you two areas of your life that you can trust God. Two areas of your life where you can trust Him with all your heart. Number one is your finances. The area of your Finances. When I was 17, I was doing my A levels, and I've got to be honest, I didn't have a clue what I was going to do after A levels. I went to a pretty tough school. Even the dogs went around in packs. All right, it was a scary place. Very few of the young people who went to our school went to higher education. And for some reason, I had an economics teacher who saw something in me, and he managed to pull a few strings and he managed to get me a grant to go to a quite a prestigious school here in England called LSE, the London School of Economics. It was an incredible deal, a sponsorship. And I felt like it was a huge honor that he opened that door for me. But over the next few months, I decided to really pray and seek God about my future. And I genuinely felt God was directing me elsewhere. And so I remember the day, I'll never forget it, when I walked into Mr. Dobson's office to break the news to him. He looked at me and he said, Morston, so what are you going to do about LSE? And I said, well, sir, I've decided to go somewhere else. And he frowned. He said, where? And I said, LBC. And he said, where's that? And I said, London Bible College. There was a deathly silence. This guy's a militant atheist. And I'll never forget his response. He bowed his head. He took his glasses off. He looked into my soul and he said, Morston, you will regret this for the rest of your life. And those were the last words he ever spoke to me. Now I look back over my life, I went to Bible college, I entered the ministry and I guess 30 years later, here I am and I can honestly say I do not regret that decision. But the truth is we all have a Mr. Dobson moment. It's that moment when we decide whether we trust what the world says about economics or we trust what the Word says. I wonder, friend, what are you trusting at the moment? There's no doubt there were times over that 30-year journey where I looked at some of my friends and they were owning their own home or investing in a second home and for a season, we didn't own our own home. And there were times when I, I wondered whether I'd made the right decision. But as I look over the whole spectrum of my life, I am absolutely confident God has been faithful. He has blessed us. He has brought us through. He can do exceedingly and abundantly. So friend, I want to encourage you when it comes to finances. These are difficult economic times, but I want to encourage you to keep trusting the Word. Keep giving to God. Keep believing Him because He can be trusted with your family and with your finances. So that's one area. You still with me? Still there in the prisons, still there in homes. So the first area that you can trust God is with your finance. And then lastly, the second thing you can trust God with is your family. Your family. I'm standing here in many ways because of my dad. Many years ago, he was married, had three wonderful children. Do you get that? And, uh, but there was still something missing in his life. I was about three years old at the time and my dad went on a spiritual search. Maybe you're watching this and you're kind of new to Christianity and you're going through that spiritual search yourself. My dad tried many different religions. He joined the Self-Realisation Fellowship and he tried to experience nirvana. And one day he was praying upside down in his underpants in his front room. And the whole room filled with light. And he thought, this is it. It's nirvana. But it wasn't. It was my mum driving up the drive with the headlights on. And so he tried many other religions. He joined a commune and he, he couldn't understand many of the things. And then he came into this crazy little Pentecostal church. And these guys were full on for God. And he didn't understand everything. He was trying to understand it all with his mind, but he kept going back to this little church. And a defining moment came in one of the services. When an old lady, her name was Celia, she had a withered hand. She would swing it like this in the service. But she stood up in the middle of the service and gave what's called a prophecy. It's like a message from God. And as she gave that prophetic word, she described my dad's life in incredible detail. And that got my dad's attention. Just a couple of weeks later, my mom and dad were in bed at home in County Durham and the phone went. My brother at the time was in hospital and he was very sick and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him. But they thought he had Viral meningitis. So they called my mom and dad late at night. They said, We're so sorry to tell you this. He's got viral meningitis. We think he's got 24 hours to leave. You'd better come and say your goodbyes. Now you can imagine how my mom and dad felt. They weren't believers. My mom was a nurse. She went into the bathroom to get her stuff. She's crying. She's hysterical. My dad sat on the end of his bed in Lowfield Farm, and he said, okay, God, if you're real, would you come and heal my son? My dad describes that as he sat on the end of his bed, literally, the Lord Jesus came into his room. He literally was there, and he spoke to my dad, and he said, I'm going to heal your son. After 24 hours, my Brother was still alive. After about a week, the doctors gathered my parents and said, Look, he's going to grow up deaf, dumb, blind, or retarded. Would you like to hear the good news? Today, my brother is 48 years of golf. I've got a picture of him and my sister. He works in IT, he is smart, he was completely healed that day. And my dad experienced that you can trust in the Lord with all your heart. And friend, if you or someone in your family is doing it tough, there's a God in heaven that loves you and sees what's going on. And I want to encourage you there in your living room, there in your prison cell. Don't lean on your understanding, but friend, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You can trust Him with your family. You can trust Him with your finances. And I'd love to pray for you in this moment. Father, I want to thank You that whatever is going on in the hearts of Your people. God, I want to thank You that You're revealing Yourself as a God who can be trusted. So right now, wherever they are, whatever they're going through, I pray as they call out to You, that you would be with them, you would bless them, you would answer them, whatever's going on in that family. I want to thank you, Lord. We can trust in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We pray it's been a blessing to you.